Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin. Wal'aqibatul muttaqin. Wal'a'udbana illa ala al-dhalimin. Wassalamatullahi wassalamuhu ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wal-mursalin. Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla. Wa anta tajlul hazna idha shi'at sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh everybody. Um, that's to everyone who's watching Usman live. That's to by Aisha. Welcome. It's good to see you. Um, uh, long, long time. And um, God, how many years ago was that? Now was it twenty sixteen? I was in Malaysia. Twenty eighteen, seventeen, sixteen. I don't know. But anyway, it's good to see you live as well. Um, all right, folks. So today's lesson. Oh yeah, that's that'd be useful, isn't it? Let's get the notes up. Right, yeah, that will work. Uh, let me open that up. Yes, here we are. Uh, Allah, Danish Sahib is with us. Allah, this is a special lesson. Special lesson today when you got Danish Beg, yani, you know, where was God? Kai? He was just sitting around doing nothing, and yani, he joins us as well. MashaAllah. And we have the rest of Calgary. Umar Al Imrani. Allah, Allah. So anyway, welcome to all of you everybody Today we are going to, I mean last week's lesson was sick I really enjoyed it, mashallah Childhood rekindled um, For those who are not on the Telegram uh, For those who are not on Telegram A note that, um, I haven't seen it But I think I might have pronounced this dua um, Of the ending of Mulhaq mulhaq Right, but I might have said in uh, or, or I, I did say I, I haven't heard it, but that's what uh, I'd have said. Inna adabak al bil kuffar, and if you were to make al wasl, which I'm not gonna lie, I never did in my entire life. I always stopped at inna adabak al jid bil kuffar, mulhaq or mulhaq, both of them acceptable. But it's al jidda with a fatha and not a jiddi. If I said that last time, okay, Zuhaira, you are a trooper. There's nothing more to be said. A trooper, a trooper amongst the troopers. May Allah bless the Zaylanis. Allahumma amin. The buzzer ones are in the house. By the way, I just want you guys to know that when the buzzer ones are in the house, right? That's my uncle Muhammad and my auntie, right? Both of the buzzer ones, they're legends. All right, those who know, know. That's what I'm saying. All right. Now, um, today we're going to take it from the top of page 21. We're going to take it from the top of page 21 in the uh, uh, in the thingy, uh, in the commentary, and in terms of the um, uh, uh, class text, then Zakaria or someone do your thing. Put the Arabic in, put the English in, whoever is going to do it. Zakallah khair. So, the Arabic that we're going to be covering today is وَيَقْنُتُ فِيهَا بَعْدَ الرُّقُوءِ وَيَقُولُ اللَّهُ مَهْدِنِي فِي مَنْ هَدَيْتُ وَعَافِنِي فِي مَنْ عَافَيْتُ وَتَوَلَّنِي فِي مَنْ تَوَلَّيْتُ وَبَارِكْ لِي فِي مَا أَعْطَيْتُ وَقِنِي شَرَّ مَا قَضَيْتُ إِنَّكَ تَقَضِي وَلَا يُقْضَى عَلَيْكَ إِنَّهُ لَا يَدِلُّ مَنْ وَالَيْتَ وَلَا يَعِزُّ مَنْ عَادَيْتَ We'll stop there because that's going to take a couple of weeks by itself, I think. 
I don't know about that, but anyway. Um, so we're obviously we're, we've started dua uh, of the qunut, or rather, yeah, the dua qunut as we call it, or the qunut witr okay? So uh, the translation of that is, one performs the qunut after the ruku' saying, Oh Allah, guide me along with those whom you have guided, pardon me along with those whom you have pardoned, be an ally to me along with those whom you are an ally to, and bless for me that which you have bestowed. Protect me from the evil you have decreed, for verily you decree and none can decree over you. I think, uh, oh no, uh, for, for of a surety, he whom you show allegiance to is never abased, and he whom you take as an enemy is never honored and mighty. Our Lord, blessed and exalted are you. That's the translation of this top part. Uh, the, 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 the first paragraph or the second paragraph, you can say, of what Zakaria just posted in the comment section. Yeah. Um, then, Allahumma ni'audhu bi radaq min sakhatik. I'm not going to re read it from the text um, because we're not going to cover it. Okay. And obviously we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll deal with that yani, in its own, its own uh, time. That's of course hadith. So, uh, basically, uh, as, a, as a recap of last week's lesson, we confirmed that um, uh, that uh, the scholars prefer and Ahlul Fiqh prefer, even if the hadith are not the strongest about it, that um, that we use from the du'as available something like Allahumma inna nasta'inuka wa nastaghfiruka wa nastahdiq wa nu'minubika wa natawakul alayk and its variations, okay? Um, the, the hadith establishing it are good enough for the du'a to be used, no doubt about that. The hadith to establish it being used with witr are not so yani, strong, but the scholars like the idea that this one's a far more kind of giving du'a, if you like, a dhikr du'a, like I like to call it, all right? One which you're giving back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by praising Him before the heavy stuff starts, i.e. when you start asking. Right, the whole concept of Ya Allah is you that we worship. Now we seek help from you and give us, give us, give us, give us, guide us, etc., etc., etc. So the idea is obviously well established in our deen. Um, and Imam Ahmed, you know, he liked this idea of praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before jumping in. And I just want you to know that um, it's the principle which is more important than the dua per se, right? Uh, uh, you know, something for example that I myself, uh, not, I don't want to say prefer, but I like to mix up with is Subhanak Jalla Wajhuk, Azzajahuk, Tabarakasmuk, Wa Ta'ala Jadduk, Wa La Ilaha Ghayruk. And various phrases of this type. Okay? Allahumma laka alhamd, kama yanbaghi li jilali wajhik wa al-azim sultanik. Allahumma laka alhamd mil as-samawati wa mil al-ard yani those kind of du'as in which you are expressing your thanks and praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala effusing yani his praise jalla wa ala before you ask just good adab right so and it's not just the packs that's why even though we don't have always always asks yani is that why packs love making du'a after salah if you think about it okay all uh Good actions, all good actions should be uh, treated in this sense like a key, right? Like a key. 
Um, and that's why the probably like tomorrow, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm encouraging, of course, everybody um, uh, to uh, fast, of course, and the the the, the white days as well as well. Um, I don't think it's yeah tomorrow starts tomorrow. Yeah, white days start tomorrow. No, no, not tomorrow. Yeah, starts tomorrow. So you've got the Yamal the three white days as well. So fasting is good anyway. Um, in these months, any Rajab, Sha'aban, etc. Before Ramadan, the Prophet Sallallahu said about Thursday specifically, which is obviously the fasting day tomorrow or today, and for uh, our Malaysian friends, yeah, and in Philippines, um, that the actions are lifted to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, so they're seen and they're, they're 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 noticed, and they are kind of like given kind of attention to and a weight and this is like not a, a, a this is the statement is not meant to be taken linguistically as such because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees everything all the time the angels are recording everything all the time but they're presented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's what the Prophet ﷺ said and he said that and I like that to happen whilst I'm fasting when you're giving your actions to Allah what you're making dua is for qubul right رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا Right, that's the du'a of the greatest of the prophets. Yani before, uh, after the Prophet sallam, it is yani the the absolute top yani way of uh, understanding our actions. That the most biggest focus is upon acceptance, acceptance, acceptance. And once you have been accepted, it's game over. Then I said you've won. So uh, your du'a is it, you are in a big state of du'a when your actions are given. It's like fill, filling in an exam, right? And you fill the exam and you put the paper in and you're praying all the way home. Ya Allah, ya Allah, make this happen, make that happen, make that happen. So uh, the Prophet ﷺ said that my actions are presented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So therefore he wants them to be accepted. So he goes, well, you know what? I'm going to fast this day to help it. To help my chances of getting it accepted. So all good deeds uh, almost should be seen as a precursor to things that you want. Okay? All good deeds. My mom... Yeah, she told me, obviously we've spoken about this before, not just in Protect This House, but um, in general as well. When it comes to the elders and the next generation, you know, there are things that they do automatically as part of their culture, which is pure Islam. And there are things that the younger, more knowledgeable generation who think they're pure Muslims have abandoned out of their ignorance and they are suffering as a result. The Sunnah prayers is an obvious example. It's a shame that the younger people do not realize just how much trouble they're going to be in by not praying the sunnah prayers because uh, their obligatory prayers are as rubbish as anybody else's, okay, all generations. And their obligatory zakat is as, and their obligatory fasting is as, and we know that the sunnah ones are there to back up the obligatory. So in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, des- in the desperate moment when we need it fixed, as the Prophet ﷺ said, then the 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 container that has the Sunnah Act will then be taken out and it will mold like putty, fix the gaps yani, in the obligatory one. Two containers, obligatory a Sunnah. Every action of worship has an, a, 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 a Fard version and a Sunnah version. Obligatory and non-obligatory. And the non-obligatory is essential. Essential. It's what, this what gets you to Jannah. Right? Is this what confirms your place? Is that what... what, what a person uses to confirm their situation. When uh, 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 Bilal radiallahu and asked, right? Absolutely. 
Amal Salih Yarfa'u, that the, the righteous actions, they lift up everything that you've got to offer, right? As Allah says in the Quran. So, uh, the, 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 um, he said to Bilal, okay, uh, if you want to come to, uh, you want me to make dua for you and help you and to get you to Jannah, help me, help your cause by increasing the amount of sujood that you do. The increase cannot come in the obligate, 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 obligations. It can only come in the supererogatory, right? In the extra. And so that's a major, major catastrophic loss in the younger. When I say younger, I'm, my, I'm Generation X, Generation Millennials, Generation Z, uh, you know, boomers maybe, I don't know. But, but, but our parents, the elderly, they've got it on lock. Right, they might not have the greatest yani, mental intellectual connection with it, but they've got their reserves sorted, so they've got themselves out of that trouble. They are the massive one. I always bring it down to these two. The first one is the lack of sunnah. The second massive, massive, is the importance of giving sadaqa when you want something. Right? Um, it's just not in the. It's not even in. It's not even in the ballpark of our imagination. As a generation, as a culture. Is that because we're tight? Is that because we're stupid? I think it's because we're stupid. Right? That to give sadaqah and by extension to do good deeds before making a dua is something we've already established quite clearly. Alright? Our parents will all the time, automatically, the elder generations, always be thinking if someone's in need or I need a dua accepted, then I'm going to give some sadaqah. I'm going to either do a khairat, I'm going to do a da'wah, I'm going to, um, uh, you know, I'm going to feed some people, I'm going to whatever. So I'll just give an example. My mom, and you know, every one of our moms does this day and night. So I'll just use my mind as an example. She called me a couple of days ago and she said to me, uh, what's the what's 70 pounds or something like that in, in rupees? And I told her, it was like 15,000. She goes, okay, that's fine. And then she called my cousin. Uh, to you know, my mom leaves a little bit of money there, and when she wants any, uh, uh, you know, when she wants to spend, spend, she will say, right, take ten thousand out, take fifteen thousand out, rupees. So, uh, uh, I don't know, it's why seventy quid, seventy quid is what she must have had or something. I don't know. Um, or maybe someone gave it to her. I don't know. But the point is, is that she goes, yeah. Then she goes to me, make dua for my friend. It's her, her, her uh, our neighbors, uh, and uh, she has had a, a very serious operation. Alhamdulillah went well. She was very upset. She was very, and you could see, feel the desperation. And that's the difference. When these folks are desperate, they turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like immediately. That's the immediate thought. When we're desperate, we kind of turn to people, we turn to uh, dunya, we turn to professionals, we turn to secularism or secular sciences. This will be our destruction, man, I'm telling you. Right? At the aqidah level, when you're seeing, when you're seeing the doubts and you know, a lot of people, you know, get very excited by the whole kind of nonsense of YouTube videos and refuters. It's the big thing, dawa people, you know. And I'm not talking just about you know, the idiots amongst them, right? Those who are clearly deviant, um, who have nothing of knowledge or whatever, okay? Like the, I don't need to name them, you know, the, 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 the fools you know, who go around thinking that they're enjoying the good all day and night and you know, just cussing everybody. I'm not talking about those. I'm not even talking about the well-meaning people. All the, the nice folks who are there and they, they uh, you know, or good for nice folks, I don't know if they're nice or not, but they're guided and they, 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 they have some knowledge 
and they're spending a lot of time refuting this, refuting that, refuting this because, you know, someone's made a video against us, someone's made a video against us. I mean, I get that, right? But it's like, this is like, this is sweating the small stuff. Yeah, and what I want to say is, uh, I need to say it in a way without denigrating the science. I, what I mean is that the importance of refutation and response is there. It's there, but it's been way exaggerated more than it needs. Our problem is not with the minor things. Like, um, did Aisha get married at what age? And did the dinosaurs do this? And is there alien life? Or is does this verse have a, a, a problem? Or uh, I, I can't see my gay neighbor who I love so much. Yeah, and, you know, what will happen to him? And, you know, all of the doubts and the, the, the things that you have. Okay? And you've got all these people who are spending all their time making all these videos. In actual fact, it's just, it's just money-making platforms and Patreons and sponsorship. That's what it is. All right? The fundamental problem is that we do not have a tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's a fundamental point. Bro, ask me about 100 of these doubts. Name your, name your top 100 doubts that you have or have heard or whatever. I haven't got a clue how to answer it. You know why? Because it's not a doubt for me, and I, and I can't even see uh, uh, what's to what's to doubt about it, right? Now I'm not trying to praise myself. I'm just trying to say that why would I need to worry about small things that I know is my own patheticness and my own limited yeah, any nature that's holding me back? Not the truth itself, but me. I'm the limiting factor here, and I know for absolute certainty that it's Allah on the other side, that it's truth on the other side, and so. People have lost that connection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The people who have it are the simple people. And that's why I always say it's, uh, it's, 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 yani simplicity is the absolute, yani uh, diamond. Okay? Diamond in the, I've got, anyway. Um, it's the absolute diamond of this uh, 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 religion and one's character. Okay, it really is. We don't need to make things complicated so much. So my, uh, 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 absolutely, you know, subhanAllah, if you look at Imam al-Jawaini, Imam al-Harmin, and his works, all right, he's got some killer quotes, man. Exactly. That's what we need to be making dua upon, right? May Allah allow us to die upon the religion of the old women. The old women keep it simple, man. They don't mess about. She's like, you know, uh, I need to, uh, I need my dua to be accepted. Uh, I'm going to give some sadaqah. Let me just call my guy and find out, yani, you know, how much it, it, it is. She calls me, I give her the number, then what's going on? And put the phone down, I found out later that she's basically told so-and-so, whatever. Sadaqah given, making dua all night, and then the operation goes ahead. Alhamdulillah, it went well. That's for them a successful, that's a, that's a, that's a good day at the office. And, and, and you know what? Sleep, repeat, sleep, repeat, sleep, repeat, and that's what will happen. So it's so important, subhanAllah. Why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about this? I've got absolutely no idea why we're speaking about this. But I, it, it is something because it's coming up later as well. Hmm. Okay, I've got no idea. Yeah, but why are we talking about doing good? Oh, 
uh, praising. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Praising. Uh, 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 yeah. 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 So you can use your own kind of phrases and you can use your own whatever. Um, so. And doing good deeds. And so tomorrow, you know, is, is fasting as well. All right. Uh, Sheikh, now, so now that we know that you're meant to make these du'a before you actually make Allahumma hadini human hadith, let's try to now, um, uh, let's now break down the actual meaning of this du'a, right? Linguistically. So Sheikh says, Allahumma. Allahumma is very interesting because Allahumma is not an original Arabic word. It's a combined phrase, right? Allahumma means Ya Allah. Oh Allah. That's what Allahumma means. Oh Allah. But it's Oh Allah uh, 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 as a consequence because it should be Ya Allah. Like in Hudhifat al Ya, okay, the Ya Unida, the Ya of calling, Ya O, right? That's been removed to make it easy. And that happens in the Arabic language. Often you'll find that, not by people of course, but by the language itself, it will sometimes break its rules, but then that in itself is a rule, okay? Where it will take out certain letters to make it easy either to say more often or to say quicker or to have less yani, hesitation in a sentence, etc, etc, etc. Sometimes they will show that, sometimes they won't. In the phrase Allahumma, it has been shown. What's happened? You have Ya Allah, remove the Ya, uh, not just the Ya, but Ya and the Alif, the Ya of Nida. So you remove two letters and you replace it with one. Okay? Because it's not Ya Allah. Yeah? If people are thinking, I don't see, I don't see, um, I don't see uh, uh, how it's shorter. Well, just linguistically it's shorter, right? Because it's not Ya Allah, Ya Allah is not not at all. It's Ya Allah, Ya. You have to have a mid alif, yeah, to to give it Ya, right? So that's taken out, and what replaces it is the meme. So the meme replaces it. So it should technically be Mallah, right? However, as Sheikh Uthameen said, the meme has been uh, put to to the end to make Allah's name prominent. To make Allah's name in His right place, which is at the, at the at the uh, at the beginning, and Sheikh also mentions a point where he says, "So you have the meme replaces the ya, and memes are very nice and easy letter, by the way, mm, very kind of natural. It doesn't require much effort. Yeah, and you might say ya doesn't ya. It's not like mm. You know what I'm trying to say? There's no comparison between the ease of mm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Just on the mouth is more effort. And obviously, when you go into Bakharij and you study Tajweed at what that advanced crazy level, you'll start to understand all this kind of stuff. But anyway, so uh, so remember from now on, every time you hear Allahumma, you know now, mashallah, that actually this means Ya Allah. With the Ya removed, meme replacing it, meme taken from the beginning and placed at the end. And meme also, as Sheikh Uthameen says, it also is an indication in the language of the plural or, or of coming uh, uh, in general, all right? That's a bit more advanced. And Sheikh says, but maybe there is a, a slight, uh, there's a slight kind of indication of not necessarily plural, but the gathering together. And he says, 
um, that maybe the the meme here at the end. I mean, always says you know it, it does it encompass all of Allah Jalla names. I've heard this position. Well, it's not impossible. Not by meaning, no. But it's not impossible in terms of its in implication because the meme, the meme, um, uh, will be indicating a gathering together, right? So he says it's gathering the heart together. It's it's a gathering all of your thoughts and your your scattered kind of wants, whatever, into a single focus, and then saying, "Yeah, Allah." I don't know whether that works better or whether, but the point is, is that that's not linguistically so strong anyway. But Sheikh Abdelmin is making perhaps this is what the meme also helps, makes the heart yani focused uh, and so on. Uh, uh, Abdul Hakim says, uh, "Is it right or wrong to say that Allah is the contraction of Al Ilah?" That's the position of Ibn Taymiyyah, and it's the position that I certainly follow, that Allah is Al Ilah, the God, the only God. And some said, uh, uh, you know, uh, that's I mean, got some basis, but there's some opinions on that. All right. The next, Allahumma ihdini, okay, fiman hadayt. Ihdini fiman hadayt. Ihdini, guide me along with those whom you have guided. Ihdini. This is clearly uh, the dua that a person who is making dua by himself or herself should say. So she's making dua, she's Allah Mahdini fi man hadayt. I'm making dua, Allah Mahdini fi man hadayt. However, if someone is leading salah, leading a congregational witr such as in Taraweeh or in Ramadan, then it is not permissible for them to make this dua in this way. It's not permissible for you to make dua for yourself and have the people to say ameen for you. So people could argue, no, no, he's making dua, and when we say ameen, we mean it for ourselves. No. That's not that you might have thought that that kind of lazy approach is acceptable, but that's clearly not because the Prophet ﷺ, obviously, very famous hadith, he said, that whoever leads a people um, and, and he specifies himself in the dua, then he has betrayed them. He has betrayed them. Okay? Uh, so you have the imam instead of saying Allahumma hdina fi man hadayt wa afina fi man afayt. That noon and alif at the end is what obviously uh, uh, makes it for everybody. It's the noon of the plural, right? So if you are an imam or leading your family or whatever it is, you should always make yani Allahumma ghafir lana warhamna, Allahumma afina wa afwanna. Yani always make it the plural for everyone. As when you're by yourself, then you should say Allah ma'afirli warhamni wahdani wajburni. Whatever you want to make du'a, then you make it for your uh, uh, self. Um, the question rises: What about if a person is not all that with Arabic and didn't really uh, kind of uh, is not like on the ball with that, right? Um, you know, learning the different versions. I just want to keep it simple. I'm just going to learn the plural, and my intention is to, uh, because it's easier, I find it more difficult to, to, to change it to the specific, to the small, to, to, to the individual, to my personal pronoun, to my personal, whatever the English phrase is, yeah, um, each time trying to, uh, 
I've learnt it as Allahumma ghafir lana warhamna Allahumma afin wa anna I've learnt it at that okay oh Allahumma innaka afuun kareemun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anna right the dua of course is fa'fu anni which is how you should say it yeah it's pardon me right but let's say that because you only hear this dua in Ramadan you only shared on your social media in Ramadan and of course there's reason for that because it's the best dua you can make yani, in your uh, in your Laytul uh, Qadr yeah as Aisha said radiallahu anha but of course it's a key dua to be said at other times but you can see how a person would learn the plural before the uh, uh, before the singular right why is it I can't think of the phrase yani, to uh, uh, to talk to me what, 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 how do you say that I, I, can't, I can't believe I've forgotten how you refer to yourself What's that called? Anyway, is it called, it's not called a singular. Personal? I forgot what you, what you call it. Anyway, so um, so you might have learned the dua. So is that okay? I think that's okay. Is it the first person? All oh, right, when you speak to another person, that's second person. And then that's the third person. First person, okay. So in the first person, in the first person, right, um, if you are going to get confused by changing, you know, it, it to first person, right? Then, um, then uh, you can stick to plural. But it's good that you. By the way, just want to make it clear, everybody, right? Um, uh, so I'll just name some names. Definitely Danish, Aisha, and Rahima. Okay, that your videos are not live. If you go to the YouTube thingy where it says live. <laughs> okay, it should be a button There'll be a red dot Always when you're in the lesson Always keep pressing that button Because sometimes it gets a delay You've got to make sure that it's always uh, uh, red um, So, yeah First person singular That's what I wanted to hear That's what I thought Okay, but I just couldn't work out which one it is Anyway, so uh, you, you can use the plural And assume everybody that you want to be included That's okay that's not khiana, that's actually, even though that's not the sunnah, I just want to make it clear, and there is yani, in my heart something, I like the idea that people are not lazy in dua, as anyone who's with me in Hajj and Umrah, you guys know how big I'm on this issue, we spend 95% of our time making dua, and focusing on dua, and understanding the adab of dua, and the sunnah of the Prophet in dua, and this is not his sunnah, to use plural, I just want to say that. I think when the Prophet makes dua, he's very, very specific, man. He's so, so specific, Right? Um, and I love that focus. I love that focus. Okay. Um, but it's allowed to make plural dua. And we know that there's a basis for that because when you make dua for your uh, brother in, in absentia, then you'll get the reward for it. They'll get the reward for it. They'll get accepted. Your dua is accepted. But I make it very clear, that's a dua, as an actual dua, right? That's an actual, you know, not the laziness, right? I don't want to go into one of my Hajj rants, but you'll see that, right? A lot of people are given lists, people are really invested, they hear, they get so excited, cultural Muslims, they go, oh, you're going Hajj, you're going Hajj, then they write them, like, you know, lists, and they give that to them, you know, they're organized, you know, 
write them dua requests and everything and whatever. Make all this effort. And there's in this packy he goes and he basically goes, I forget that. And he goes, Allah Muslim and and then he goes back and they said, Did you make dua for me? Did you make dua for me? All excited and all whatever, whatnot. And he says, Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. And obviously technically he did because he said, Oh Allah forgive all the believers and the female believers and the and the Muslims and the female Muslims and you know? So this is lazy. This is lazy. So I know that for folks who are asking this question, I don't not intending that laziness. I just want to bring cautious caution to that if you are don't don't open up yani yani you know what I think about that. Um so I just want you to be more invested in your du'a process and people asking you, then I want you to be uh uh you know honest uh um with them and no Fizza, believe me this is the literal 22nd version are you kidding me bro ask the lot ask the rest ask Komo ask Danish ask Yani Maisara ask these folks Yani what happens when I go into a proper run uh, on Dua anyway so yeah in short plural is okay okay plural is okay and of course you can change it to uh, that in the Quranic Dua but it just doesn't become a Quranic Dua anymore that's important, right? It doesn't become um, a Quranic uh, 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 dua. All right. Allah Mahdini Fiman Hadid. Yeah, and a nice point here he makes, Sheikh. He goes, Fi Jumlatin Man Hadita wa Hadafi Nawimat Tawasubi Fi'lillahi Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Mason is making me laugh, man. You know, people are scarred, man. People are scarred when I rip people's du'as to pieces. But at least the the one that we rebuild is a proper one. You know what I mean? Oh my God, Mesra, man. You made me sad now, man. Thinking about how good our uh, Umrah was, man. Quiet, dead. Oh, it's amazing. Anyway. So. Um, what the Sheikh is saying is that if you look at the wording, Oh Allah, guide me along with those whom you have guided. Oh Allah, guide me. It should be enough. Allah Mahdini. Allah Mahdini. Allah Mahdini. That's yani, enough. Okay? So, uh, he just, you know, that's, that's it. Is, you know, that's it. But look at the back, the back part. It's interesting. Fi man hadayt. Allah Mahdini fi man hadayt. Along with those whom you have guided. As Sheikh Uthameen correctly uh, points out, you are asking for a, a thing based upon others receiving it. It's not, oh Allah, guide me. Because I want guidance or I need guidance or whatever. Which obviously you do, but you're not saying it here, right? There's extra statements here. So we want to break it down. What are the extra statements trying to say? Oh Allah, guide me through... Uh, like the ones you have guided, along with those whom you have guided. However you translate it. However you translate it. Okay? But... Sheikh Uthameen says this is a form of tawassul. Now, tawassul is as controversial a subject as it gets when it comes to the aqeedah of Ahl-Sunnati wal-Jama'ah. 
Tawassul basically means to use the means, right? And linguistically, okay? Um, and to, to seek intercession thereby, okay? So, um, that's yani, uh, 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 like the, 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 the key. So, normally, when you make tawassul, it basically means that you're going to someone, you need something, you know you can't do it, or you believe you can't do it. So you're now going to do it through the X of something, okay? Or through the X of someone, through the good efforts or the good deeds or the whatever, okay? You're going to use an intercession or inter someone to intercede. So you might go to um, like, you know, a friend, who is able to, you know, uh, refer you quicker than you doing it yourself to medical treatment or to uh, whatever it is. So this is a form of tawassul. And I'm not going to go into tawassul because it's a huge subject, okay? And I want you to know that the scholars have a variety of different opinions on the different aspects and it's very detailed. But there's no doubt that a lot of bid'ah occurs. And some scholars even called it kufr and shirk because you're attributing... At, at, at its worst level, they didn't like it because you're attributing powers to, to, to those that don't have it. So, first of all, let's understand the concept. Is it okay to go to a person that you believe is special and to ask them? You know, we say he's a bazurg, right? Go and ask this bazurg. Uh, 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 not bazurg. I think bazurg is elderly. What did they say? What did they say? What did they say? Uh, what did they say in Urdu about someone who's holy? Is it Bazurg? I've forgotten the phrase, man. Anyway, I'm, I'm sure you guys will... Uh, uh, so, you you you, uh, you go and ask them because you believe that they're more holy, more pious, and their dua will be accepted. This is something which generally the... Uh, no, 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 not beer at all. I never in my entire life... In my entire life, when when did a peer ever be someone holy? Peer, peers are full, yani full, full, full uh, um, fraud, charlatans they are. There's no positive meaning of the word peer. Are you kidding me? Anyway, I thought it was bazurk, but anyway. It doesn't matter. My point is, is that you believe that that is someone who is, you know, good and going to get the job done. In principle, this is something which is agreed upon by the scholars. This is something which is allowed, right? Or it's not haram, I should say. Uh, there are some that consider it makruh. That's yani bringing in, yani, you know, the whole idea of um, uh, uh, not putting your trust in the line entirely and putting uh, uh, confidence in yourself and so on and so on. Okay. Um, no, I'm not talking about people mistakenly going to them. No, no. I'm saying your parents. Why do you ask your parents to make dua for you? Why do you ask uh, someone who's practicing? I'm not talking about peers at all. I, I forgot the uh, zbarg. Okay, zbarg. Okay, in uh, Okay, I've got. I've got. Uh, um, like I, 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 I let me just uh, play it. Hold on. 
I just heard it today, that's why. Okay, okay, okay. This is my cousin. He gave me a call just check checking out how you are and he goes, Listen man, make dua. He goes, You're kind of like a zbarg kind of guy. Right? This is it's like a it's like a zbarg. Alright, in Pukhto we call Zbarg. Zbarg means holy or uh, whatever. So I'm thinking in Urdu, in Urdu there must be a, 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 uh, 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 you know, uh, a thingy, okay? Anyway, my apologies, I've, I've taken everybody off the thing, but you know what I mean. So, um, there's something which is allowed, it happened to the Prophet ﷺ, he was often approached to make dua for people, sometimes he would say okay, sometimes he would say, um, uh, you know what, uh, uh, I can, but it's better for you if you make dua yourself. So we know it's allowed, right? And I've spoken about fiqh of death. Of course, we're going to speak about this. Uh, obviously, so much, Yanni. Uh, uh, <laughs> Luti Chowdhury wishes that was her. Okay, right? Wishes. Literally a charity case. The worst bukhto uh, uh, ever spoken in human history. I swear, I wish Yanni it could be Nick. So, uh, uh, Nick, is that used in uh, in in Urdu? Yeah, I think so. Um, so, uh, what we're saying is that normally the uh, tawassul happens um, through a living person and asking them. And this is, like I said, not great. Not not yeah, any you know, not 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 a uh, uh, whatever. So. But it's allowed. The haram one is obviously going to the deceased, to their graves, and saying, listen, you know, you're in a better place, okay? You're free of sin, you was pious, you was X, Y, Z, and I want you to yani, put forward my dua, you're with Allah, put forward my dua, etc. Which is absolute madness, because you have no idea what you're doing, and that's bid'ah anyway. And of course, the most famous is to do it via the Prophet ﷺ, whilst he's passed away. And that's where the massive dispute is. And I, frankly, I can't imagine anybody in our current time finding that yani, remotely logically acceptable. But of course, a number of the Muslim Sunni uh, sects or Sunni madhabs yani, amongst them, or scholars, I should say, not madhabs, they, they do allow. And there is a lot more than meets the eye when it comes to the tawassul. Uh, debate. You do need to know that it's not as cut and dried as it maybe is sold to you or has been sold to you. I do want to say it should be treated like it's cut and dried. There is not a single benefit, not a single benefit, of you having an approach to your deen that has a tawassul by the passing of the Prophet. It was not the action of the companions, it was maybe the interpreted. Yeah, and you once in a million, uh, uh, whatever, whatnot. And people are saying to me, you know, what has Yasir Qadi gone and done? Let me just make it clear. I haven't heard a single word because I his library chats are, they are mashallah classes, right? So I haven't heard a word that he said on the issue. And Yasir, unfortunately, obviously, is going through a journey. And, you know, the last person you ever want to take Aqidah from is people who are on a journey, right? You want to take Yani Aqidah from people who... Uh, yani, have got good aqidah. The whole point of aqidah is it's firm. It's a knot. 
and it's all straightforward. Okay, it's not up down up down depending upon which country I go to and how the politics are uh, and the community and whatever whatnot. Okay, um, and uh, you know he has many strengths. Aqidah is not something that I would put amongst them. Uh, uh, saying that, I did not hear his content. I just heard that he's made some statements about whatever. I'm guessing that he might have said to us allowed or that some of it's okay. If he said that, you know, I was telling him that 25 years ago. I remember when he was at Medina and I told him that uh, his approach when he was translating Kashr Shubuhat and Kitab Tawheed, he sent me the original draft and I said, bro, what is this man? This is a madness. Obviously, you know, he's in the Najd Dawah and, you know, all the rest of it. Uh, uh, whatever um, So So you see Here's the thing I don't want to get into this Because I haven't heard it Okay So uh, He said that I'm just going by Adil's uh, statement Adil is not, you know, normally very much on point Okay And I, I use him as a reference for quotes MashaAllah He said that Tawassul is haram and not shirk This is my phrase that I said to him 25 years ago When he said that they are complete mushrikeen Okay so I just want I just want you to know that okay, that is the difference, and anyway anyway this is a big discussion. It's the, the my my point is whether it's shirk or not, whether it's haram or not, it's a disgrace. It's a disgracing of anyone's Islam. Can you imagine a convert? That's why I always like to keep things simple. We honestly don't need to get involved in these debates, okay. Um, if you listen to me, you would have shifted Yani many years ago, right? So, you wouldn't have to do this public bestie now, isn't it? My point is this, look, yeah? If there's a convert coming to this deen, and they come to this deen, and then they, and they, and, you know, they've left all of their, you know, Catholicism, and their X, and their Y, Bukwas, whatever, whatnot, and they come and they see there are people who are actually kind of trying to justify the same thing backwards, right? They're like, what the hell is this, man? I came, I came into Islam because they just wanted you to communicate with Allah and have confidence. And again, this is going into my dua rant, okay? Um, so, I just want you to say that there's a lot of nuance in, in this discussion. Tawassul is something which is permissible in, a, in principle. And this is a very good example um, of a very specific type. I, obviously, I speak a lot more about this in Fitna, in the Tasir of Surah Ali Imran, where we go into a number of examples of Tawassul. And specifically, the greatest of all tawassul is what we've been speaking about for this entire class, which is your good deeds. Alright, so when you praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are making tawassul with your praise. Right? So you're about to seek, you know, uh, uh, you want something from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you want to do some intercept, you want to intercede, you want to you boost. When you're going to a dead person or a grave or an X or Y, okay, I just want you to know what it was taught back in the day. What was taught back in the day is that if a person goes to a grave and um, says, goes to the grave and says, you give me a child or you give me a this and you give me that, whatever, whatnot, and thinking that's where it comes from, this is kufr billah, shirk billah, this person's yani mushrik. All right. There are very few people who do that. The second category is the majority of where the people fall into that do this. 
they go to that grave, that dead person, that dead saint thingy that's not even buried there, by the way. And they go at that grave and they ask him, they say, you are special, you are thinking only Allah gives, but you are better than me in asking. How is this shirk? And there are scholars that consider it to be shirk. And the Najdi Da'wa considers this to be shirk. And okay, it's their position. And that's what Yasser was upon. And he was putting that in a book that was being translated into English. And I said, that is unacceptable that you do that. Okay, I'm sorry, but that's not the position of the mainstream scholars. This is bid'ah and it's haram, it's not shirk. Right? And I don't want to open this up because it was a very, very sore, big argument between me and him, Yani, back then. And I can't remember whether he went ahead with it or not. I think he didn't, you know. Anyway, the point is, is that maybe he kept it quiet or whatever. But the point is, is that that's what he's saying now. If that's what he's saying now, is that actually that action of the people who don't in any way believe that that person in the grave is the cause, the mutasabbib, yani, but rather the al-mutawassil, yani, bihi, the one who is being used for tawassul, is just being used as a wasila. Allah is the one who gives. Allah is the one in control. Allah will maybe reject even him then, but I'm going to ask him because I don't think Allah will accept me. This is weakness, it's pathetic, it's disaster, it's haram, it's, I don't think it's shirk. Anyway, this is not opening up. Believe me, if I open it up, that will not get closed. The tawassul that we love and that we praise and that we should encourage is the tawassul of your own good deeds. As Arif mentioned, um, the be- most beautiful hadith, uh, and it's all the same, asking Allah to give you for the sa- something for the sake of His love, for His blood. blood. That, is, that is exactly what the people tried to explain, what the people meant when they make tawassul by, Oh Allah, give me this by virtue of your prophet. By virtue of this, by virtue of that. This is all to us. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. Why are you doing that? It's not from our deen, not from our sunnah, but people, they, they say this is for our love of our prophet. If your love of your, your, it should be the love of the deen, not the love of your prophet. Alright? Your love of following your prophet, the deen itself. So this is there's no doubt. Well, I say there's no doubt. Obviously, some scholars who allow it, that's the ta'wil they make. They say, we're not asking about by him, but we're asking because of our love for him, and that love for him is a good action, you see? So they agree with us. I don't even know who us is, but anyway. Us is, alright? Us is that good deeds of the Hakim. It looks like he's just come back to exactly what we told him for all our life. Let me just make it clear. So there's no judging. <laughs> I judged him far worse than back in the day. Anyway, um, what if he's saying what I just said to you, yeah, then this is the position of the majority of scholars. Straight. Okay? Now, um, what was I about to say? Ah, what's our position? Our position is, is that to make tawassul of your good deeds, you do a good action and you ask Allah, Allah, by virtue of what I've done, then give me this, give me that. And that's the dua of the, that's what happened when the people got trapped in the cave and the boulder fell shut, fell down, closed the hole. That's it. They're going to die. They're going to suffocate. They're going to whatever, whatnot. One of them says, listen, why don't we all think of the great things that we all did in our life yeah, and that one big thing and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through it. And someone said, you know, that I had the, I was at, you know, blah, blah, zina, blah, blah. And then one said, my parents, I did. And each time they would say, Ya Allah, if you know I did it for your sake, Wallah, Yani, let me. So each time they put forward their good deed and they ask Allah and the rock move, rock move, rock move. This is the clearest hadith 
are a proof of tawassul of your own good deeds. And the people who tried to blag the one by the Prophet ﷺ, which is shocking, frankly. What did they say? They said, we're doing it because of the love of the Prophet ﷺ, and the love of the Prophet ﷺ is a good deed. So this is like one of those Jewish arguments, right? Because of course loving the Prophet ﷺ is a good deed. And to express that is a good deed, and to promote is a good deed. But to try to make it out, like this is the tawassul uh, uh, route, it's just disingenuous, frankly. Now, back to here, this is a tawassul but not a tawassul of your good deeds or indeed their good deeds. That's why Sheikh Uthameen says, this is tawassul bifi'lillahi subhanahu wa ta'ala. I am seeking tawassul by your generosity. Hey, you have guided them. What about me as well? And I love this because, I love this because, um, It just encapsulates how beautiful the mercy and the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, which is so above and beyond the Muslims who are uh, human beings who obviously love to take and hate to give. But even the Prophet, even, even, where's my notes? Even the Prophet, you know the hadith of Urkasha, right? Uh, we call it the hadith of Zumrah, right? From my ummah, there will be 70,000 in number that will enter paradise. The faces will glitter as the moon, yani like when it's a full moon. And Urkasha, uh, and, and I was thinking earlier on, I'm sure I've given a lecture about Urkasha somewhere or whatever. Anyway, Urkasha radiallahu an, uh, Ya Allah, uh, uh, Ya Rasulullah, ud'u li, Oh Allah, pray to Allah to make me from one of those 70,000. Right? Now, look at this. The Prophet makes a factual statement. 70,000 are going to get into paradise without any hisab. Obviously, we know about this from other hadith, but not in this particular narration. 70,000, smashed it, top level, bam, bam, bam. Rukhashi says, ask Allah to make a dua that I get, yani be, that I be included from them. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Oh Allah, make me from one of them. Oh Allah, he actually made that dua. Another man stood up, and me, Ya Rasulullah, yani, uh, can you make dua that you make me from one of them? And he said, uh, well, you know, uh, Okasha got in front of you and yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> he, he didn't make dua for that second person. I mean, this hadith is a madness hadith, by the way. There's so many lessons from this hadith. But it also uh, supports what I was saying earlier on. The laziness in dua. The Prophet ﷺ was very specific in his dua. Very specific in his energy, very specific in his focus, right? And yet he is the one who's making dua for all of us all the time. Believe me, those other companions got plenty of dua. But it's in its right place, right time, invested, right? It's like, you know, it's not lazy, it's not mindless. It's not Allahumma ghafir al-Muslimin wal-Muslimat. I said, yeah, I, I, I made dua for you. It's not that at all. Right? 
he literally said to him, now Urkasha got there before you, okay? And, uh, 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 you know, this is limited. Now, what I was reflecting upon is that, imagine if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that. Imagine if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, those people have already got the guidance, they asked for it, that's it. It's not dissimilar, you know. When we say, Allahumma hadini fi man hadayt, that's يعني, as close to, Udur Allah an yaja'alani minhum. Udur Allah an yaja'alani minhum. Oh Allah, uh, 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 Ya Rasulullah, uh, call upon Allah, make dua to Allah to make me from one of them. Make dua to Allah to make me from one of them. Or Allah guide me along those you've guided. Here, sallam, okay, he's kept it specific, right, and said, I'm, I'm afraid I can't, in the most politest way possible. And here, you've got Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who's actually told you yani, how to make this dua. And he's not going to stop. He is not going to uh, explain. Not going to, yeah, any, you know. I just think that's great. And so, and, and what this dua does is recognize the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's so great. That we're going to make tawassul because of that generosity. And that is what Shaykh Uthameen, although he doesn't explain it, that's what he means. That's the tawassul bifi'lillahi ta'ala. And it's not just the hidayah, but the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to <coughs> guide everybody else who is only asking for guidance because of his generosity of guiding others. And this principle is going to continue all the way through the... <coughs> Excuse me, folks. <clears throat> um, so, this principle will continue. Okay, all right. I've got one person, you think, okay. But two people means I, I didn't do a good job. <laughs> okay, so, yani, what I want to say is... There's one thing, I'm just trying to think of the best way to express this. I don't actually think that there's a real problem in the way that you translate it. I don't think that's the issue. Right? It is, Allah mahdini fi man hadayt. Oh Allah, guide me amongst those. We're absolutely asking for hidayah. There's no doubt about that. Okay? There's no doubt. But it's the, and, and like I said to you at the beginning, if you want a guidance, Allah mahdini, khalas. Right? That's, and we have that. Allah mahdina wahdibina waja'alna sababan liman ihtada. Yani there are many du'as in the sunnah of guidance and by itself. This du'a is fascinating because of its ending. Like I said at the beginning, you could just say Allah mahdini and that's it. But it's Allah mahdini fi man hadayt. Amongst those that you have guided or along with those who have, or you have guided or yani whatever you want to translate it as. Okay? With those that you have guided. Or even because of those you have guided, I don't even I don't even hate that either. Although that's stretching it, okay, in translation terms. My point is is that that, that second part is a example of 
the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah wanting you to know it. And the Prophet wanting you to know it and telling you this is how you make this dua. And if you make this dua, then make dua upon seeking to wassul through the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That he is in generous mood. It's like, yani, you know, you see someone giving out uh, money or, or, or sweets or, or whatever and, uh, 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 you know, generous. You think, well, you know what? Let me chance my arm today as well. I'll try and get in there as well. You see someone in a good mood, you say, right, well, I'm going to take advantage. That's my point. Taking advantage. What's the advantage? Normally, I would not be able to get it done. Today, I can. The same in dua. Normally, I'm not getting it responded to. So now, today, I can. Because Allah is in a, the person is in a, in a, 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 a giving mood. You go one day when you ask them to stamp your passport, Yani quickly says, no, come back tomorrow. And you go back tomorrow, no, I'm not interested. You come back the next day, he's in a good mood, he sees you at the back of the queue, come here, stamps it for you. Yani, when you see an opportunity, you get the job done. It gets accepted. Here, throughout, You will see that this is a dua, a unique one, which is focusing on the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and actually encouraging us to make tawassul, take advantage of the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in of itself. Not just ask for guidance, which you should be anyway. We're doing salah anyway, all the time, every day anyway. Here, we're being educated to the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're being educated um, to that generosity. Allah knows best. Okay? Just like you have guided others, guide me. Shaykh al says, it's like you're saying, just like you've guided others, guide me. I don't even deserve it. But you guided other people. Ya Allah, guide me as well. That's a pure appeal. That's an emotional appeal. It's a desperate appeal to one's generosity. You're making tawassul. You are, in, you are seeking intercession through the action of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is pure mercy and generosity. And that's what I see. And Allah knows best. I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't think I'm doing a great job of explaining that, but uh, Allah alam. I hope that that makes sense. It's not, you're just not asking for, for guidance. That's my point. Okay. And maybe I'm sorry even for opening that up. Right. Uh, so, Sheikh says that when you're saying, Allah Mahdini, okay, or Allah guide me, right? Um, or Allah give me guidance. Guidance is always of two types, okay? It's always of two types. Um, the guidance of Irshad and the guidance of Tawfiq. Now, the guidance of Irshad, I might say, is the right direction. The guidance of Tawfiq is the ability. Um, to give yani, some kind of yani, populist examples. What did they say? They say you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Is that what they say? Right? So, imagine you have a, 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 imagine you have a horse and it's lost. Okay? If a horse is lost, it's lost. It's neither drinking... And by the way, guidance is to drink the water. Guidance, I'm giving, I'm giving an example. In this example, guidance, the objective, hidayah, is for the horse to drink the water. 
Unfortunately, the, water, the, the horse is in a desert right now. And its camp, where its owner will be, is in a certain direction. And that's where the water trough is and the water has been preserved. But the horse is lost. There are two things that need to go right for the Hidayah objective to be achieved, which is for the horse to drink water. I'm making this up as I'm speaking, so forgive me, okay? This could be rubbish. But two things need to happen. First of all, the horse needs to find its way back to the trough of water in his camp outside of the desert. That's going to require an effort which is very easy. A person could go and drag it. Person could go and ride it. Person could slap it and make its way. Person could... Whatever. It just needs to get there. But as the phrase goes, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Right? It then needs to be given the ability to drink. Whether the ability is to know it's water, for example. What if a person is looking at water and seeing something else? What if a person is looking at the water can't see it at all? What if the person yani, is seeing the water but has forgotten how to drink? Psst, keeps dipping its yani, nose into it. Doesn't know that I meant to drink it. Yeah? Starts pulling back. So my point is, is that the getting the horse back to the camp, back to the trough, is the hidayah of, of Irshad. To get the horse to drink is the hidayah of tawfiq. The ability, tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hope that made sense. Hope that made sense. Uh, Sheikh Yani keeps it simple. He goes, Hidayatul Irshad is Hidayatul uh, uh, Irshad, the guidance of Irshad of direction or whatever is opposite is is being lost. So the opposite of that is being lost, and the Hidayah of Tawfiq, which is the Hidayah of ability, the opposite of that is uh, misguidance and error. All right. Misguidance is when you look at water and you think it's hay. Misguidance is when you look at water and you, 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 you see it as petrol. So in the real world, hidayah is of two types. In the real world, okay? Um, we teach people and we establish the, the, the proof of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we bring all the evidences and we, we, we refute all the falsehoods. That is the hidayah. This is the this is the balagh. This is tabligh. That's our obligation. That's the only hidayah that we are obligated to do. The second part is entirely in Allah's hands. The first one is what we do. The second is in Allah's hands whether He wants to open His heart, because Allah sees in that person a real, genuine sincerity. Person is sincere, Allah opens that heart. Person is insincere, and He knows, of course, what that person will say and do. That's of course qadar then that heart will not be opened, even if the Qur'an is clear in front. That's what happens to so many of the Musa Shirkin, the Orientalists, these academics, who are day and night yani, sharing gems and depth and academia and incredible things, but no iman, no, no, nothing, because the sincerity is not there to actually worship Allah. The sincerity is there to make a name, to be an expert, to be respected, to be honored, to be the most knowledgeable, to be what, but not to worship Allah. So, this is the hidayah, the difference between hidayah al irshad and the hidayah of tawfiq. Alright? Uh, so, anyway. Um, and so, what Sheikh wants to basically say is that when, um, 
when you say Allah Mahdini, and whenever you say Allah Mahdini, you are always by definition asking for both the Hidayah of Ar Ishad, yani show me the right way, close off the, 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 the roots of evil, uh, open up the roots of Khair, put me in a good company, make me understand knowledge, etc. And etc. etc. And then uh, you're asking Allah for Hidayah of Tawfiq at the same time, which is that Allah gives you the ability, opens your heart, protects you from evil, etc. And Sheikh ends up yani, something very nice. He goes that when you make when you make that dua of Allah Mahdini, okay, Fiman Hadayt, oh Allah guide me, okay, amongst those whom you have guided, you are asking for both hidayas, the hidayah of Irshad, and that comes with knowledge. So you're asking Allah to teach you knowledge, and that's teaching knowledge by you being, you know, given an opportunity to study like this, take a class, read a book, uh, listen to a person who's speaking that you might have considered, yani, whatever to understand certain things that you might come across, to choose to play a certain video versus not play a certain video when you're on your newsfeed. This is the Hidayah of Irshad. This is the knowledge. Knowledge, yani. So when you are asking this dua, Allah Mahdini, all right, you're asking for the both guidances. The first guidance is Hidayah of Irshad. The only way that can be responded to is through knowledge. So you're asking for knowledge. وَحِدَايَةَ التَّوْفِيقُ وَذَلَكَ بِالْعَمَلِ Oh, this is so good. Sheikh says that, and then you're also asking for tawfiq. And the way that tawfiq yani, occurs is sincerity. And sincerity, as we all say, is the guy who doesn't talk the talk but walks the walk. Yeah. Whenever you see someone who walks the walk, you go, that's a guy who believes in his product. That's a guy who stands up for his principles. Think about the cliches that we use in our culture, right? So when we see someone who walks the walk, right? What is talk? Talk is not an action. Like, when I say action, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, he doesn't physically prove it. It's all talk. All talk. All talk. And then you've got uh, the people who walk the walk, which is, you know, get up and, and, and you know, put the money where their mouth is. Right? So, action is what proves sincerity. In our deen, you know, we find people who say, I'm good Muslim, I'm good Muslim. Ain't good Muslim squat. If you're not waking up for in the morning when it's hard and tough and you're tired and you're snacked and you're not praying Fajr, okay? I don't care how good you are, you are insincere. You have nifaq in your heart. Habibi, you have nifaq and you're just missing Salatul Isha, right? And getting tired about Salatul Isha. What about Salatul Fajr, right? Anyway, anyway. And Sheikh says, لأنه, لأنه yani Sheikh says that not everybody uh, who knows the right thing to do does it. That's the example of the person who says, I'm a good Muslim, I know you know everything about the prayer, but then doesn't do the prayer. So that's something. And not everybody who does actions does it yani, correctly and a bit based upon knowledge. So much ignorance out there. And sometimes, as you've seen, they fall into shirk. And they mess everything up for themselves and everybody else as well. So, tawfiq is that you know what to do and then you do it. So, the knowledge is the precondition and then the action is the proof of the pudding. So, you walk the walk and you talk the talk. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Went on a bit too long there, but I hope that that makes uh, sense. 
Okay, it's a good uh, thing. And there are other scholars that yani, divided Hidayah up into different types. And as I've said many times before, when it comes to dividing things up, the Prophet ﷺ never divided Hidayah into Tawfiq and Irshad or X or Y. This is what the scholars used to try and make it, to explain things. That's it. Okay. So Zafar says, one problem with the analogy, I'm guessing uh, the horses one. 99% of horses will drink the water. Take that Hidayah, whereas we know that the majority of people are given the first stage of Hidayah and walk away from the second. Yeah. I also can't, don't understand where does that saying comes from, that you can take a horse to water but you can't make a drink. You know, normally these sayings come because it's a real thing. Horses refuse the water. So maybe, Zafar, you are wrong and it's not 99% of the horses that drink the water. Maybe in real life, it's like a 30-40% or something. I don't know. But I wasn't giving that as an example of our dawah situation. I was giving that example of an example of how to understand the word hidayah of irshad and hidayah tawfiq. Not the numbers or the stats. I'm not talking about our modern time right now. What if I said that my analogy is referring to the time of the Prophet ﷺ? Nearly every person that he gave dawah to spoke. So as it, that, that refutes your argument there. I'm not talking about the application today. I'm talking about just the principle. If a person doesn't take action, is it proof of their insincerity? Like a person wanting to pray to Hajjid but being weak. Now there's a big difference between someone trying, right? So, so uh, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that if they really wanted to go out, then they would have prepared. A person yani, can't be yani, saying that I intend to go on jihad, I intend to go and defend the Muslims and not do a single bit of physical preparation, dieting, weight training, weapon training, etc, etc, etc. Right? So it is 100% a sign of insincerity, all right? A person trying and failing, setting, you know, you're not even setting the alarm. Shut up, man. Are you kidding me? You've got to put the alarm on, right? Uh, what else have we got here? But one can have Hidayah Tawfiqi without Hidayah Irshad. Don't, no, that's not, 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 that's not true. If they've got Tawfiq, it's because they got there. And you can't, you know, it's just no one just exists like it's not, this ain't one of those chicken and egg arguments. When a person gets to the moment, that is the hidayah of Irshad. The moment then is tawfiq, if that makes sense. Um, I'm wondering if the fee also makes it a request to be amongst the muhtadin, to live among them as one of them. I think that's a yani, something which uh, 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 works. Okay. Guys, I, I, I'm pretty sure I asked, today I did a lot of looking at the thing, okay, uh, screen. So I think I pretty much answered all the questions. But if I didn't, then I'm giving you two minutes. The phrase definitely dates back to the 16th century. It appears in a book, blah, blah, blah. A man may well bring a horse to the water, but he cannot make him drink without his will. It's not that the horses don't drink, it's that you can't make them drink. Okay, right. So it's not actually a phrase based upon... Um. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we'll ask Marina's uh, answer. Marina's question: Muslims visit graves not just for tawassul or to be reminded of death, but to see film, but but to see famous Muslims too, be they Sahaba, saints, or modern-day public figures, remember their life in history. Trying to understand where this practice of visiting graves sits in this instance, I think it's okay. Yeah, I think yeah, it's not it's not the worst thing in the world. That's my my point. In the last breath, we said that the, we said the grave is intended to become indiscernible and du'a is not linked to being at the grave. Absolutely. It's not like the sunnah to keep going. As I said in the, in the class, 
The Prophet ﷺ warned his people not to yani, go too much, turn it into a place where people become and make it as a site of pilgrimage, etc. Is it okay to visit the grave of a specific personality just to remember them? Yeah, I think, yani, you know, to remember what's going on and to, etc. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Like I said in the class, can I give money to someone buying a house who will get a non-Islamic mortgage? I think that's allowed, yeah. I think that's allowed to give to someone unless you have you believe that um, if you say no, it will stop him actually doing it. If you know that, then I think that's a reason too. There's no way, Sarah. There's no way. Um, Yusuf asks about who would I recommend to listen to for Aqeedah books to study for Aqeedah. Are there any specific sharhs you would suggest? I'm assuming you mean in English. And if you're meaning in English, then there are two people that I like a lot. Sheikh Walid, Basuni. Okay. Even if he has any conservative opinions. Listen, Aqeedah, listen. In fiqh, yani, we are, we, which is the least important of Islamic yani, matters, the least important. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but you get my point, right? We're like, yeah, you know what, just to be on the safe side, pray extra or don't eat that food or whatever, whatnot. To be on the safe side, be a bit more conservative, be a bit more strict and you, you, you'll avoid the difference of opinion. Habibi, that's the approach that we need to have in Aqeedah to avoid yani, the nonsense, avoid the risk, avoid the, the shirki kind of, you know, you can smell, you know, it's got a shirki feel to it, it's got a shirki smell to it. Just leave it. You know what I'm saying? So I like conservative people when it comes to Aqeedah. Okay? So I know Sheikh Walid and uh, Abu Rumaysa, uh, Rafi uh, Shafi. Okay? Uh, these, are, I don't know, I know that both of them have done bits and pieces, Aqeedah al Wasatiyah, for example. Those are the two that I think should be uh, sources of aqidah. All right. Uh, in the UK, Haytham al Haddad. All right. I think that he's done. I think all these three people, I think, yeah, have done some kind of aqidah. Okay. Uh, uh, fitna, not anytime soon, unfortunately, Fatima. That's almost definite. Unfortunately. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the Islamic creed. Uh, uh, series is great by thingy. I haven't read it for like 20 years, but it's great. Okay, um, definitely Islamic Creed series, nice and straightforward, wonderful, simple. All right, no more questions, folks. I'm just gonna answer these two and that's it. Uh, haram versus shirk. If you think that a person can hear you although they are dead, isn't that shirk in the sifat of Allah since only Allah is the all hearing? Yes, technically, all right, but it's technically. I'll tell you why. What if you believe from a fiqh point of view that the dead can hear because the Prophet ﷺ said that they can hear your uh, footsteps? Like I explained in the, um, like, like uh, uh, I explained in the, uh, did I explain? Oh, I just forgot what I just said. Yeah, like I said in a fiqh of uh, death. Yeah, fiqh of death. When I'm describing the hadith of at the burial, it's something very interesting. The Prophet ﷺ didn't say na'alain that they can hear the na'alain, right? But a word was used which indicates a very specific type of sandal. The scholars differed over what this means, right? Now, I don't want to get into a long discussion, 
My point is, my point is that it is possible that a scholar makes it out that the, the dead can hear you. You could make that weakest of weakest arguments, but if you did, okay, that's not shirk then. That's you just being stupid, that's all. Thinking that people can hear. So I, I have a, a you know, I, 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 you know, um, I don't know. Uh, it's not about that, Fatima. Okay. It's, you're not trying to convince me. All right. They can't hear. But I'm just trying to say to you that there's enough to be, Yani, the weakest of weakest arguments and close your eyes to all of, Yani, the ayat and so on. And if you did that, then it wouldn't be... And so what I'm trying to say is that we do not declare Muslims out of the faith based upon possible errant ta'wil. We declare Muslims out of the faith when they go against consensus, do major tahrif of the sources, etc, etc, etc. It's a dangerous thing to do and a very silly thing to do to think that they're dead here and it raises lots of problems. But I don't believe that a person who believes that someone can hear him in the grave Bro, people yani, go to the graves all the time not to ask them anything, but just to speak to them. And they know that they can't hear them, hear them, but they've got this emotional kind of, you know, uh, satisfaction that you can hear me and I'm just here. Yeah, I just want you to hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah, even though they can't hear. So anyway, I don't want to turn this into a, a class. The Howie's book is not the issue. The Howie's book is great. It's whoever is explaining it, isn't it? Okay. Uh, Hatim al-Hajj, I like Hatim al-Hajj, man. I love his work. I love his work, so that's something which is good. Okay? I just love his work, my kind of guy. All right, guys, Zakmullah Khair. Um, listen, very important. I sent out a message for those that might not have seen it by email and by telegram today. Uh, main takeaways are um, get your family and friends and tell them it's important for them to attend. Fiqh of death this weekend and next weekend, four hours on Saturday, four on Sunday. And then the other next week, weekend after is the last time it will be taught. Very likely the last time it might, might at the end of the year, maybe Singapore. I don't know. I doubt it. But it's the last time it's going to be taught this year. And there are essential aspects to that class. Right? Protect this house. Some people, some of you have taken it before, so there's not that much urgency. But if you've not taken it or you've taken it and you know that other people need to take it and you know that every Muslim needs to take it. I don't know about class that... That deals with that. If you can get fiqh of salah, fiqh of death, fiqh of everywhere. But I don't know a class that deals with the issues like Protectors House does in the way it does. So tell your people to get on the case quick time because next Thursday it's gone. Next Thursday? No, the Thursday after. Alright? So Protectors House. The zakat class is not all out yet. Don't you only rush to register for the ones which are there on the website because it's only the West Coast one. There'll be a UK one, a Europe one, there'll be an American one, there'll be a Canadian one. Uh, but just make sure you take it. Okay, the zakat one's important. Make sure you tell all your people, blah, blah, blah. Sheikh Ahsan, and he's got a class. There's a link in there and that as well. It's not a class. Yeah, well, it is a class, yeah. But it's in Ijaz, it's nice. And I can't remember anything else, to be honest. I can't remember what else was in there. All right, guys. Zakmullah khair, barakallahu feek. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika shahadu an la ilaha illa ant Astaghfirullah I'll stop because I did say that I was going to answer two questions And I got stuck on one of them 
Um, someone I personally know and I'm related to by blood hit his mom on the face. She is divorced who lives with him. She is in 50s and a depression patient. Mother has forgiven him and doesn't want to go with her brother or even move in with daughters. Though daughters can't take her in anyway because they don't earn and their husbands also don't want auntie to live in with them. I just know how to deal with it emotionally. I don't know how to even deal with this guy. Everyone else is... That's, I, I, I don't, there's no answer to that, unfortunately. I don't, there's no necessary answer, quote-unquote. Because if she's forgiven him, why is it killing you? Right? And a lot of the time, we're always looking for vengeance or some kind of... Uh, 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 punishment or some kind of um, retribution or whatever whatnot and the person themselves will go over it whether they got over it for the sake of uh, uh, for the sake of the greater good or for the sake of unity would they be rewarded for their act and maybe it happened in order for a person to get reward we never know where Allah puts his jannah we never know where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts his reward so I don't think that we should make too much of a thing out of it. We just need to carry on doing the things that don't kill us, which is to educate, which is to educate the mother, educate the, the guy who by whatever way that the guy can be educated to yani, realize what he's done. And it's not going to come from you, but it's going to come from his friends and come from people that he respects. So you should identify the people who uh, he respects and get that sorted. You know, there's... Uh, there's way too much here. This is these kind of questions are to be done by people who are locally uh, involved. Sarah, come on, man, you're gonna kill me, bloody hell, man! All right. When leading a congregation, the du'a should be in plural, intending everyone, not just oneself. When alone, du'a should be specific. And the sunnah is to say the du'a is in the first person singular. One should not make du'a in a plural out of laziness. Yeah. Oh Allah, guide me amongst those whom you have guided. Sheikh Uthameen said this is a form of intercession. Tawassul. A after the W. Asking someone who is more pious than you such as your parents make dua for you is not impermissible. But there should be great caution with how one does it. Some hold that it is makrub because one should have complete reliance on Allah that he would answer their dua. I also want to just say that we don't have even the one single hadith from the Prophet which people think that they ask to get others to ask to make dua for them. Even that's weak. The one that where he asked Umar Allah and send a few du'a, du ya akhi. Don't forget me in your du'a, my, my brother. Even that's weak. The Prophet ﷺ didn't used to ask people to make du'a. I just want to say that. Okay? Anyway. Asking the dead to intercede for you, believing this person in the grave will. I don't even know is that a sentence or what is that? Asking the dead to intercede for you, believing that this person will not cause you to get what you are asking for, but they are more likely to be answered than you. Is not shirk, but it is bid'ah and must be avoided. That is my opinion, and there is a difference on that. Yes, a form of tawassul which is highly commendable is asking Allah to give you by virtue of your good deeds. Hey, oh, that's a sunnah. Sunnah. By virtue of these good deeds which I did for you, Ya Allah, answer my du'a. Absolute sunnah. All right. In this du'a, this is tawassul. In this du'a of Allah this is tawassul through the action of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. I, I'm asking you to guide me in the same way through by the power of your guiding of others. 
you're asking Allah to guide you in the same way as guided others, not because you deserve it, but because Allah has the power to guide others, so you're seeking intercession in His generosity and power. Nice. Hidayah guidance is two types. Direction, irshad, there's a better word than direction, I just can't think of it. To see the path to goodness and have the opportunity to do goodness, this is knowledge, this is based upon knowledge or founded upon knowledge. Ability, tawfiq, to recognize and actually do the goodness correctly or to act upon it, okay? To believe in it. This is sincere action. Belief is an action, don't forget that. When one is making du'a for guidance, one is asking for both types. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think that's pretty much it. Hajj 21, no updates uh, as it stands. And um, that's it. All right, guys. Zakumullah khair. Yallah. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Shadu an la ilaha illa antu astaghfirukallahumma wa atubu ilaik. Wa salamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shazad's going to get a pass because he's had a tough day.